Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Craig Rell and Tony Whitlock, and it's Tuesday morning, and uh, well, we had to clarify a few items before we get around to hearing from Adrian Mussolino talking about the Adelaide 500 and the wash-up of the event, which saw a bit of a hiccup on what's been going recently. The wash-up from yesterday, uh, rather, um, was to some things we talked about that were not right. One of them, which was mine, I talked about uh, Kia is no longer sponsoring the Australian Open, which is incorrect. They, in fact, sponsor it. They've been in contact um, that they're sponsoring it through the end of 2023. And Craig, the Hyundai situation with Adelaide is uh, not quite right. No, I uh, had been watching the Mikey Carlton Blues take on Adelaide Crows in the AFL men's yesterday, and unfortunately, it was Optus, a former Carlton sponsor that I saw on the women's shorts, not Hyundai. Hyundai, of course, are with Carlton men and women, and also with Brisbane Lions. So, apologies for those two inaccuracies, and thanks to everyone who uh, did contact us today to just let us know that we'd made a mistake. It was uh, great to have you listening. And, and correcting us where we're wrong, because uh, everybody makes mistakes sometime along the line. One of the things is not a mistake, but indeed, one of the things that uh, has been speculated about and is, uh, seems to be very wrong is uh, the future of Chris Pinner, because while James Courtney has walked away from the team, he has come out and said that no one from Auto Action has been in contact with him, and he, in fact, is staying with the uh, Jonathan Webb techno-based team. They've got two cars that they'll be fronting up at the Grand Prix. He'll be driving the second car, still be determined. But his car in Coca-Cola colours, um, probably with Chris on his big, written big on the bonnet like it was in Adelaide, um, is certainly sticking around and he's not going anywhere. So well, I'm very pleased for Chris. He's somebody who I have a relationship with and he's certainly a delightful young man who I got to spend even more time with because he was his summer job is as the DSO in the Toyota Race Series. He did an excellent job there and is well appreciated. So before we uh, leave the subject of uh, supercars, we should tell you again, Adrian Mussolino talking about the Adelaide 500. Thank you for listening. Tony, I love the way that he summed up because he went on social media to clear up the uh, confusion and he said, I look forward to sharing a Coke with everyone or with you at the F1 Australian Grand Prix, which I thought was a great way to have a a very strong link and branding on message for the driver of the uh, Coca-Cola Commodore. Tony should pay some credit to James Golding, who won at Tail and Bend on the weekend. He was at the Australian Karting Championships and he won the KZ2 class, which is a shifter kart. He was one of a number of supercar drivers who were at Tail and Bend, although he was probably the only one racing. Nick Perkat was on hand along with Todd Hazelwood and Brody Kostecki, who was speaking to last week on the show, were also there looking after and mentoring some young carters who are hoping to make their career paths to various different levels of Australian motorsport.
We're joined by one of the stalwarts of the Australian media covering supercars, and that being Adrian Mussolino, Supercars Extra editor. Adrian, welcome on. Thanks for having me. The Adelaide event, it's your hometown. It's uh, been an event, obviously, you've had a long involvement in for a variety of different reasons, one of which will be a book that will come out sometime in the future. Um, that's talking about the Grand Prix far more than the uh, mm. 500. It, there's been a, an enormous number of uh, effects from this year's attendance uh, by foot at the track. I haven't even seen what television numbers were like. A crowd just over 200,000 for the four days uh, is got to be a cause for alarm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you think back, you know, just a few years ago, you know, five or six, um, pushing sort of around sort of mid 2000s, the, the event crowd figure was approaching the 300,000 mark. It was you know, almost on par with what you'd get for an Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne. So for it to sort of decline the way it has to, you know, just above 200,000, it's a bit of a concern, which, you know, the event organisers have come out and acknowledged. And, you know, the fallout has been pretty significant within South Australia, asking questions about, you know, the future of the the event and you know whether four days is sustainable and what's causing the decline and you know there's various reasons and I don't think they can all be blamed on the core product which is supercars. You have looked at the numbers and compared the numbers across the years also to the other events that are going on and, and the Fringe Festival has really it, it's really ramped up and it's grown exponentially over the last few years as well. Yeah, and, and that's a difficult thing to explain to non-South Australians. So basically what happens is um, the local arts festivals, which are known as Fringe and Festival, are on at the same time in February and March. And basically, you know, they've grown over the years and they became an annual event and expanded and they have a bigger footprint within the city. And what that means is it sort of squeezed out the LA 500s ability to take over the city in much the same way that the Grand Prix did back in the day. And I think that's really, you know, costing the event. It's it's being squeezed out, you know, not only physically, but in the sort of psyche of the city for that weekend. It's, you know, what made the Grand Prix work and then the Adelaide 500 in its early years was the fact that it was the big show in town for that particular weekend. It did draw a wider audience and now it doesn't have the ability to do that. It's, you know, the second or third biggest event at that time of year. So it's suffering as a result. And, and what that means is you can't get the casual supporter that you could if you were on a standalone weekend. So, you know, I think the, the difficulty for race organisers is they're sort of locked into that season opening spot. But that, that's when the clashes happen with the local events. So it's a case of whether they have to bite the bullet and consider a possible move out of February, March. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but a 200,000 crowd is still a very healthy crowd, Adrian. It, it is, absolutely. And, you know, there's no doubt it's still one of the biggest supercars and one of the, you know, jewels in its crown, if you like. But, you know, when you have a decline like that, you know, in a few years, it, you know, raises concerns, especially at a time when the future of the category itself is, up for debate, so you know it's it's something that can't be ignored. Um, you know, we're talking, as I said, some, to an event that was on par with the Grand Prix that suddenly, you know, well shy of that mark. So, you know, questions do need to be asked of organisers, and um, 
you know, that will continue. And, you know, the, the fallout here, the discussion has been that, you know, possible reduction to three days. And, you know, it's never good when an event of that scale and magnitude is sort of looking to downsize. That's always a concern. Yes. Um, one of the other big aspects, of course, is this band situation in that, you know, uh, two, three years ago, there were the Red Hot Chili Peppers on a Sunday night. Um, this year, it was a local band, I understand. Um, and, you know, it, was it as, in as close proximity to uh, the pit lane paddock sort of as, as it has been previous years, just over the bridge? Yeah, that, that's one reason that has been sort of stated. But when you look back a few years, there was no Sunday concert in 2017. And still that event generated a bigger crowd than 2020. So, you know, you're always going to get that crowd fluctuation based on strength of the the concert acts and, and also the weather, you know, it, it can be, you know, torrential rain or extreme heat and 2020, you know, had it perfect in between with, with perfect weather all four days. So, you know, that there was a bit of a fluctuation and, you know, let's not forget the bushfires that, you know, hit South Australia pretty hard and the economic ramifications of that. But the trend, the downward trend is sort of becoming a year-on-year issue. Uh, you know, over the last four or five years. So um, I think it's a bit sort of unfair to those local bands to sort of pin it all on them. The fact is, you know, as I said, the, the year where there was no Sunday concert still generated a bigger crowd. So I think there's sort of deeper issues in play. Adrian, what I was wondering, though, is the Clipsal 500, Adelaide 500, has always been up against these sort of festival events, Warm Adelaide, The Fringe. Why is it now, do you think it's at a tipping point? Is it the news about Holden? Is it the Fringe crowd? Are they down? Are they up? Is it the bushfires stop people from travelling? Or is it a real crisis? Yeah, well, when you consider all those things, they all have an effect, no doubt. And when you combine them, that you know helps explain why the crowd's on a downward trend. But what has happened with the Fringe event growing is that it just doesn't allow the Adelaide 500 to, as I said, be the big show in town. It just can't have that footprint that it once was. And people who have been to the event know that you know when you'd walk out of the track into the east end of Adelaide and to Rondal Street and you know, the Stag Hotel and those sort of iconic, you know, parties that used to be generated from the Grand Prix and then into Adelaide 500. It's not being led by the Adelaide 500, it's being led by the Fringe Festival. So the event itself can't sort of spread its wings like it used to. And I think that has the effect on the psyche of people that it's sort of like a secondary event on in the city. And so it suffers as a result. But as you said, there's a combination of factors and and it's important that organisers sort of sit down and work out what they can do to minimise those factors. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Supercars. We look forward to catching up with you in person at the Grand Prix. Well, the one thing we know for sure is that uh, next year the Adelaide 500 will roll around. Sorry, the Superloop 500. I still can't get in my head what Superloop is, but I know it's to do with the internet. Um, and that uh, the Grand Prix will follow shortly after. 
uh, it's it, you know in most sporting events to have such two strong categories, two such events so early in the calendar would bode well for a strong year. We hope that's the case this year. I'm sure you'll be of the same mind. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is pretty ironic considering that the Grand Prix started in Adelaide and moved to Melbourne that the Adelaide 500 and the Melbourne Grand Prix are so close to kept on the calendar. But um, no, they're great events to start the year. And, you know, they still do generate healthy crowds, um, but, you know, we just need to be mindful of reasons why they might be on a decline. Well, we'll catch up later with Adrian. Thank you so much for joining us on Inside Supercars. Adrian Mussolino, Greg Gravel and Tony McLaughlin. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.